Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. I want to welcome everybody here in the room, everybody watching online. And uh, we got a fair amount to cover today. So what I'd like to do this morning is I'd like to talk to those of you who are here today, and you know that you're created by God to do something significant, something meaningful, something that matters for eternity. And many of you may sense that it's something big, something unique, something special, but you don't know exactly what it is, and you're not sure how to get started. And so what I want to do is I want to toss out a verse up front here that I pray will build your faith to know that you are uniquely created by God and called to make a difference in this world. This is Ephesians 4.1. It was written by the Apostle Paul. He's writing this from a Roman prison. It's probably around the year 61 AD. And I want you to listen to what Paul says. He says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you. Okay, do you feel the emotion in this already? I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Paul's saying, I plead with you to live this one life that you've been given worthy of the calling that you have from God. So go ahead and fist bump the person next to you and tell them you have been called by God. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead. Where are the fist bumps here? I know it's Some stuff's going around. That's why we're going to do fist bumps. You've been called by God. Now, I want you to think this in your own mind right now, because this is pretty big. Think, I have been called by God. I have been called by God. Now, if for a moment that resonates in your spirit, because you sense that you were created to make a difference, right, for a reason, a purpose, a divine destiny. You sense that you were created for something more than just worldly success. Then this morning is for you. Okay, the title of our message today is this, Is God Calling Me? And the answer is a resounding yes. Our God is calling every one of you. So I'd like to begin with a little word of prayer. Would you pray with me up front here? God, this is so big. You're calling in our life. This is such a a huge topic to tackle. And God, I know that that you are calling everyone, everyone here in this room, everyone who's online watching right now. And and if you're here this morning and you're watching, maybe you don't even have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is calling you into a relationship with him. He said in John 12 that when he was lifted up, that after the cross, he would draw all people to himself. So he's calling you. He's calling you to put your faith in him to believe that he is the one who can forgive you of your sins. He died for your sins. And he's the one who can give you eternal life. And so my prayer is that you would first and foremost respond to that calling to come to him and become his child. And then, God, for for the rest of us, you have a calling. You have called us to a calling that is just beyond what we could ever imagine, I'm sure. And we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk about it in the coming weeks. And I just pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would speak to every one of us and give us wisdom and insight and direction. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, let's talk about what it means to be called by God. You know, the Greek word for calling is actually one of the most significant words in the entire New Testament. The word kaleo, the root term, simply means to call. And kaleo is actually the root of 16 other very, very important words in the New Testament. And let me just walk you through a few of these, okay? There's klesis, that means calling. There's kletos, which means called. There's paraclete, or paraclete, which means comforter. Okay, that's a picture of the Holy Spirit. Then there's parakletos, very similar, but it means advocate or intercessor. It's another picture of the Spirit of God. And then another big one is ecclesia, which is an assembly of believers, a gathering. It's us. It's the church because we have been called out of the world. Okay, that prefix ek means out. So quite literally, we are the called out ones, the called out ones. As a church, we don't go into a building. We're called out to go into the world. Now, if you think about this, if you own this, if you recognize that you've been set apart, you've been gifted by God, you've been called by God to make a difference in this world, then that puts a little weight on your day-to-day life, doesn't it? Because if you've been called by God, you may wonder, well, what if I miss my calling, right? In other words, what if I was supposed to major in such and such in college, but, but I didn't, and now I'm doing online college, and, and I'm studying this instead? Or, or what if I chose the wrong career path? Or, you know, what if, you know, I was supposed to go to this church, but I didn't go to that church, I went to the wrong church, and I didn't get to the right church where I hear the right message that was supposed to lead me in the right path? Or what if I was supposed to ask out that really cute girl, but I hesitated, right? She met somebody else. And now I'm destined to marry someone unattractive and be miserable for the rest of my life. Like, what if I miss my calling? It's so confusing. Like, what if? What is my calling? What am I called to? What is it specifically? Okay, if you're taking notes, you got your outline, write this down. Here's our first main point, and this is the biggie today. Calling is about who you are before what you do. Calling is about who you are before what you do. When God calls you, he's calling you to a who before a do. And this is incredibly important. In fact, I love the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 1.9. Here's what Paul said to Timothy. For God saved us and called us. And let me pause here and tell you what Paul didn't say. For God saved you and called you to be a missionary to Africa. Okay? He didn't say that. He, he might, but he didn't say that. He didn't say, for God called you to be a second grade teacher or a professional gamer. And by the way, how cool would that be to get paid full time, play video games? Well, guess what? Paul didn't call us specifically to to this job, this task, this assignment. He didn't say that that was what God was calling us to. Paul didn't say that. Paul said this, for God saved us and called us, and I want us all to say this together, to live a holy life. Hmm. God called us to live a holy life. See, it's a who before a do. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. Here's the most important truth. You have been called to live a holy life. In other words, calling is more about who you're becoming than what you are doing. And people, every one of you, as believers in Jesus Christ, you are called to be holy. The root term in the Greek there is hagia. It means to be set apart, to be 
different. Like when you follow Jesus, you don't look like the world. You don't think like the world. You don't behave like the world. You're not driven by the same things that drive other people because you've been set apart by God to live differently. He has called you to live differently. And when you look at scripture, it's interesting to me that the Bible never talks about your calling for a career. The Bible talks about your calling to become more and more like Jesus. It's a who before a do. So a better question than what am I called to do would be who am I called to become? Who am I called to become? Let me try to unpack this for you a little bit, okay? I'm gonna ask you a question or two. I'd like you to participate. How many of you might suggest that God has called me, Brian Threlkeld, to be a pastor? Would you raise your hands? Okay, raise them up high. Some of you are not raising your hands. That hurts my feelings a bit. This is not a trick question. Okay, um, let's try another one. I'm, I'm called to be a husband to Wendy. How many of you would agree with that? Okay, a few more. All right, whoa. Pastor, husband. Now, let's just, let's just stop right there. You know, being a husband, being called to be a husband, that, that takes an entirely different skill set and expression to fulfill my calling than, than being a pastor. Am I right? And for, for example, if Wendy and I have, say, a, a constructive discussion, okay, it's preacher talk for an argument, okay? Let's say Wendy and I have a constructive discussion. And at the end of it, I say, for all those of you who need to repent of your sins and call on Jesus, raise your hand right now at the count of three, okay? If I say that to her and I start counting to three, I will be repenting of my sins, okay? And I will be calling on Jesus for my very life, all right? Because that approach isn't gonna be incredibly effective in that moment, is it? No, it's a different setting. It's a different calling, okay? Am I called to be a pastor? Yes. Am I called to be a husband? Yes. But those two callings require entirely different skill sets and approaches. You know, I'm also called to be a father to my sons and my daughter-in-laws and and a a grandfather as well. And don't miss this. I am still the same person. It's just different expressions of the calling. And what I hope you'll realize in your own life is that who you are, who you are, people, is way, way, way more important to God than what you do. For example, I'm called to be a pastor, but if I'm not living a holy, righteous life, I'm not fulfilling my calling. I don't care how well I'm doing in pastoral ministry. If I am not loving Wendy sacrificially as Christ loved the church, yet I'm killing it in all these other areas, I am not fulfilling my calling. If you see someone who's a charismatic leader, but they don't keep their word, they don't have integrity, that person is not fulfilling their calling. Why? Well, this is our second main point today. Write this down. Because calling isn't about something important you do in the future. It's about your faithfulness to Jesus today. Calling, it's not just about something important you do in the future. It's about your faithfulness to Jesus today. Calling is about who you are today, not just what you do, in the future. You know, Apostle Paul said something that really resonates with me. He says, and whatever you do, whatever you do, people, whether in word or deed, okay, if you're doing something you really enjoy or something that's difficult, something in your sweet spot, something that's really frustrating, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, do it for the Lord. And did you catch the end there? and with 
thanksgiving. Calling starts with a who. So I want to share a few examples of this with you from Scripture. And um, one of them is in Mark 10, and then the other one is immediately following in Mark 11. First of all, in Mark 10, we've got two brothers, James and John. And they're going to come to Jesus, and they're going to ask Jesus for a little favor. And essentially what they say is this, Jesus, one day when you sit on your throne up in heaven, right, and you are ruling and reigning, can one of us sit at your right and the other at your left? Hey, we want to be important. Like when people think of you, we want them to think of us. Hey, look, there's, there's James, and, and, and there's John, his brother, on the other side. And here's what Jesus says in Mark 10, 43. He says, but among you, it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Jesus basically says, if you want to be really, really important, you want to be first, the first thing you got to do is you actually need to be last. See, it's not about the visibility. It's about cultivating the heart of a servant. It's about who you are, not where you're positioned. Okay. So that's Mark 10, two brothers, James and John. Log that in the back of your mind. Because next, in Mark chapter 11, we have Jesus and the disciples approaching Jerusalem for the famous moment we now call the triumphal entry. Okay, this is when Jesus is coming into town and people are cheering and applauding. They're waving palm branches. And the disciples are quite likely beside themselves. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been with someone you deem to be very important and other people see as really important. And maybe you're, you're walking in with them and you're thinking, man, I got it going on, right? Not because I'm all that, but because of who I'm with. All right, that's likely what the disciples are thinking and feeling in this moment. Like we're coming into town with Jesus, the son of God. This is the triumphal entry, baby. We have left so much for this. This is our moment. Mark 11.1 1 says this. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem... They came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. And what does Jesus do? It says, Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Now, it's very, very interesting to me that Mark doesn't tell us which two. But if I were Jesus, I guarantee you, it would be the two guys who just talked about how important they wanted to be. Like, they would be the object lesson of this little illustration that I was about to do. So I imagine this is James and John that Jesus gives the assignment to. And what is Jesus going to do? He's going to send them on to head. They're going to send, he's going to send them on ahead. And you know what they're thinking? They're thinking, oh, man, cool. Like we get to do something really important. You know, I, bet, I bet we're going to be casting out demons. Maybe we're going to call down fire from heaven to burn up the whole evil Roman Empire. You know, God has chosen us. Jesus has chosen us because of our capacity, our experience, our leadership skills. And look at what Jesus says to these two guys. Here it is. He says, go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. (laughs) Wait wait a minute, Jesus. We've left everything to follow you. Where is our really important assignment, our big calling? where we get the visible recognition, where we get some clout, a little attention, some fame. Come on, Jesus, you're calling us to donkey duty? Really? Donkey duty? And by the way, that's duty with a T, all right? Although to them, it probably felt more like duty with a D, okay? 
Yeah, they got donkey duty. Congratulations. See, the disciples are about to learn our third main point today. The size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. This is a big one, people. Let me say that again. The size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. When God invites you to do something, it may not feel important in the moment, but it could be more significant than you could ever dream. You know, a little shepherd boy in the Old Testament discovered that a really small stone can take out a really big giant. Little boy in the New Testament took his small lunchable and gave it to Jesus, right? You know what Jesus did? He took that, something small, something insignificant, and multiplied it to feed 5,000 men and a whole bunch of women and children too. So when God calls you whatever it is, even if it's donkey duty, do it with passion, do it with integrity, Okay, do it with faithfulness because you're doing it for the one who gave it all for you. It's so much more about the do, the who than it is the do, okay? I mean, these two guys probably had no idea that they were delivering the donkey that would carry Jesus to his calling. You want to find your calling? What am I created to do? Start with the who. Like, just be faithful to Jesus today. Serve with integrity. Love genuinely. Live generously. Die to yourself. Leverage your life to make Jesus known. When it becomes less about you and more about him, like when it's not about your name or your status, but it becomes all about the one who gave his life for you, when that's the focus, when you learn how to do life with God and allow his spirit to begin to empower you and shape you, then, then, when everything you're doing is for the glory of God, you don't have to find your calling. Your calling will find you. You don't have to find that calling. Then the calling finds you. It overtakes you. It shows up in the moment. And something as meaningless as donkey duty becomes meaningful when you're doing it for the one who gave his life for you. So what are you called to? You're called to a who. You're called to become more like Jesus. You're called to be set apart. You're called to live a holy life. And we don't live by the values the world lives by. So one day... You wake up and recognize that there's somebody in need, and you're called to help meet that need. Or or maybe there's somebody who's hurting, and you're called to stop. Stop in that moment and listen. Maybe even pray for them. You might be called to love a spouse who's really, really difficult to love. You might be called to pray for a child who continues to run from God. You might be called by God to confess some sin in your life that's held you back. And trust that the power of the Holy Spirit can change you. You might have a lot of education. And you know that you could be doing so, so much more professionally. But right now, you're called to love those babies. You're called to love those babies in the love and in the name of Jesus. That's your calling. You might be called to fight for your marriage when your spouse isn't interested in fighting anymore. You might be called to build a business. That's right. And you may think, well, that doesn't sound very spiritual. It can be incredibly spiritual. Don't let anyone tell you that's not spiritual. I mean, Jesus got pretty excited about someone who took five talents and turned it into ten talents. So you go then, you build that business, but you build it with faithfulness, with passion, with integrity. When whatever you do, you're doing it for the glory of God, that is when you honor God. That's how you honor God. So, so what am I called to do? Well, <clears throat> it starts with a who. 
You know, for me, I am called first and foremost to be a child of God. I'm a child of God. That's my calling. I have been redeemed by God. I've been forgiven by Jesus of more than you can imagine. I'm a child of God. I'm also called to be a pastor. And that means to teach, to train, to equip the saints, to equip people, other believers, to do works of ministry. A lot of people think, oh, the pastors, they go and do the work of ministry. No, Ephesians 4 says, I'm called to equip other people. That's why I empower our staff, our pastors, I ordain. I'm working with other people who are planting churches out there. That's my calling as a pastor. I'm called as a child of God. I'm called as a pastor. I'm called as a husband to lay down my life for my wife, to love her sacrificially. I'm called as a father to my sons, my daughter-in-laws. I'm called as a grandfather. I'm called to be a bass player. Yeah, it's a side hobby. I get it, but, but it's a calling, Right? In fact, at times in my past, it's actually helped to support my family. You see, it's not the do that matters. It's the who behind the do that matters the most. What matters the most is that whatever I'm doing it, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it for the glory of God. That's it. And I'm doing it in purity, in holiness, in righteousness. I'm doing it with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control, fruit of the Spirit. It's not just about what I do. It's not just about how successful our ministries are here. Let me just be honest with you for a second. There's a big part of me, there's a big part of you that wants to be important, right? I want to do something important in life, and that's a good thing. That's okay. It really is okay, as long as you're being faithful to Jesus in the process, Because when I stand before him one day, he's not going to say to me, well done, good and important servant. Right? No. What he might say, what I dream of is, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful. You've been called by God. Chosen. Set apart. Not to live a life that's all about you. Okay? Not to live a life that's all about your comfort, your name, your desires. Uh-uh. What did Paul say? Paul says, I beg you, I urge you, live a life worthy of the calling you have from God. I glorify God in all you do, the one who gave it all for you. Let me tell you, for every one of you here in this room, if you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, you have been personally called by God. It's not a game. Church is not like an add-on. It's not something casual that you do. Like attend a sermon every now and then and then try to do good to somebody else. No, you've been called to reflect Jesus in all that you do, in every conversation, everywhere that you go. And and what if, think about this, what if when you woke up each morning, you just recognize I have been called by God. Every morning when you wake up, you just said, I have been called by God. Uniquely created, empowered set apart to live a holy life, to become like Jesus and make him known. And at the end of the day, your success will not be measured by how important you look to other people. At the end of the day, your success is measured by how faithfully you serve Jesus today. Success isn't about accomplishing something big out there in the future. Success is about being faithful to Jesus today. So as we close here, I want to read this to you again, and I really want you to feel this passage, okay? The Apostle Paul, 
falsely accused, beaten, (laughs) imprisoned, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, this is what Paul says. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, okay, hear this as if the Spirit of God is speaking to you. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Let's pray. Lord, this truth to me is amazing. That with billions and billions of people walking this planet, you see us, you know us. From eternity past, you've known us. You've had a plan. You created us. You knit us together in our mother's womb. And we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God, it's it's a glorious truth to recognize that you love us enough to call us to yourself and then to call us to holiness and call us to, to serve you. And I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us today and that we would consider it an honor to do whatever you call us to do, even if it's donkey duty, whatever it may be, and to do it for your glory, for your honor, with thanksgiving, joy, and delight. Because we have the privilege of walking in these good works that you prepared for us long ago. So God, above all else, as we think about calling and things that we might do in this life, I pray that we would be reminded that it's about a who before a do. It's about holiness. It's about becoming more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. And we just confess to you, God, that we cannot do that in our own flesh. We need your Holy Spirit. And I pray that we would recognize that and and be alert, pay attention, pray that your Holy Spirit would, would use us and fill us and empower us and that we would walk in your Spirit moment by moment, doing life with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you're here this morning... And maybe you've got further questions about what it means to have a relationship with God. Maybe you've got a prayer request, something that's going on in your life. We have some volunteers up front who would love to pray for you. Otherwise, you guys go out and have a wonderful week in the Lord.